Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Could it be three in a row? BYU beating the Power Five three in a row? Rivals has arrived. Okie dokie, folksy. It's Scott Mitchell, Jason Buck here. Welcome to another episode of Rivals. Uh, that's right. BYU plays Washington. U Dub, the Huskies in Provo. The Huskies. And they've now gone to Tennessee, beat the Vols, came home and beat the USC Trojans. The boys of Troy. And now it's time to take on Chris Peterson and the Huskies. And, uh, oh, and they played Utah the first game of the season, who is now ranked 10 in the country. That's quite an impressive schedule. And the Cougars so far, quite frankly, have been answering the bell. You can say win ugly and these teams aren't whatever and and who's, you know, but they schedule the games and these are power five teams and BYU's finding a way to beat them. Yeah. Yeah, you, and exactly. And a win's a win, and they're power five wins, and they're they're great wins. And you know, when we analyze as coaches and you know commentators, you obviously break it down. But the big picture is they won, man. They're two and one coming out of the first three games, and that's that's big time for BYU. I did not expect them to come out of the first three, you know, two and one. I thought they'd be one and two. Yeah, it, it, they're two and one. It's it's been yeah. an impressive thing, and there certainly seems to be um, some confidence, and and there's there's a culture shift there. There's a there's maybe a maturity with the coaches and and the players, and uh, and you can see that uh, perhaps it's paying off on, on the field. And of course, Zach Wilson is a is a player that can help you beat teams that maybe have better talent than you, and that's that's when you have that kind of quarterback it really it really kind of evens out things a little bit or gives you a shot at least so can BYU oh, no question can BYU make it three in a row this week at home against Washington you know it's it's you know it's absolutely possible that they can from what we're seeing and I think you know BYU is a stingy team and like I said I really like BYU's offense in the last two weeks Grimes is Managed it much better, you know, and Williams is getting a lot more touches. And so it's, he's been managing it much better than they did the opening week against Utah, and I'm real happy with that. And he's kept the games close, right? Shortened the, the games, I mean, the whole the thing, end. yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, those are and those are big moves because it not only gives moves. you a chance to win, but it gives you a chance to have a successful season. When you, when you get in long games and you're playing these tough opponents – it may not wear you down now, but by the middle and end of the season, you start seeing this attrition of injuries and, and right. guys getting hurt. So it certainly it certainly helps out. Um, it helps out. Here's the thing about Washington and me, though, and and I think this is this is one of the biggest reasons that 
BYU has a chance. Aside from, I think they've really gained some confidence. You know, they believe they can win, and that that's that's such a huge yeah. part of it. Great but, momentum and playing at home. Yeah, but Washington yeah. is they they're starting nine new defensive players out of eleven, and 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 there just has to be this development. You just you're just not going to replenish the the whole team like that and expect to have that consistency. It's just not going to happen, and it's not going to happen because there there's a lot of communication, there's a lot of trust, but there's also a lot of like experience. You know, you get in situations and you you know how to handle it, and and all of a sudden nine guys are handling this for the first time. It's a challenge. It's hard. It's hard to get yeah. that consistency and to be that really tough, dominating defense. That, right, to get that, that synergy between the players right. and just that. I mean, yeah, that, that, that was the strength of, of Washington a year ago was that defense was so so um, veteran and mature and, and really, really understood uh, what it was doing and, and was, you know, quite frankly, why I think they won the Pac-12 a year ago because their defense was so stout. The other thing that I think helps uh, BYU is this whole thing about this this uh, this quarterback is new, and and I know he's really talented. I get that, and he is talented. And but but it's it's again this new quarterback trying to figure things out. And he they haven't played anyone yet. They they've played um, they played Eastern Washington, and they played right. Hawaii. And they've played yeah. Cal, and and Cal's right. not you know, the, and Cal beat them. You know, Cal's not considered one of the top teams in the in the conference by any stretch of the imagination. They're, right. they're certainly playing better, and they beat they beat Washington at home at, at Washington. So so you can you just get a sense that Washington's trying to figure itself out, and it hadn't really played anyone yet. It's going on the road for the first time again. Kind of like what what USC did. It's their first road game of of the year, and and uh, and so there, if there's ever an opportunity to beat Washington, it's this year. It really is. Yeah, it, I agree. I don't. With that being said, and you're exactly right on it. I just I don't see the coaching errors from Peterson that we got out of USC and Tennessee the last two weeks. So I'd be shocked if I saw that kind of mistakes. Right. So but, it's going to be a yeah. tough game. I mean, it's going to be a tough yeah. game. It's going to be a t- our ma- our offense matches up well. You know, that's our strength against a a young, you know, youthful defense that's all new and coming together. Like you said, nine players. They're going to be coached better than USC, but it, it should be if Grimes manages the clock well again and the ball management and you know runs the ball well with Williams. And uh, plays that tight end, you know, uses Bushman. I think I just I can see him keeping it in there again with another you know chance to win, like he has the last two weeks. We've come out on top on both those, you know, close ones. So, is, is something happening this weekend, Jason? Yes. What's happening? I'm going at, down to the game. Jason's going yep. to the game. And why are you going to the game, Jason? Because they this year in the hundred 150th anniversary of football. They are uh, honoring all the major award award winners at BYU. You won a major award. Yeah, the Outland Trophy, the one that counted. The most important, (laughs) the most important award in college football. So, so you're you're so you're being recognized uh, on Saturday as part of yeah, uh, and for your for your major award that you won. 
Yeah, and Mo Elanidi, well, there, the there's got to be winners actually coming into town. Oh, wonderful! Which is the first time he's been here since in 30 years since he graduated. Are you serious? And wow. yeah, and people don't realize Mo and I were on the Redskins Super Bowl 26 team together. So we went, we're teammates at the Redskins and won the world championship together. Oh, nice! The Super Bowl, and so we're good friends. And this will be the first time my first time I've seen him. He hasn't been coming to the Redskins reunions either. He just like disappeared up in Canada. So that's easy to do, Jason. We have me and Mo here this weekend. What's that? I said it's easy to do when when you yeah. go. And so uh, I, I guess is everyone going to be there? No, just, no, it's just the Allen Trophy winners. So me, actually oh, that's me it? and, uh, well, Detmer is coming. He's going to walk down this cougar corner. They do the walk. So me and Detmer and uh and Evie walk and me and. Me and Ellen Eby are in a booth with the Outland Trophies, doing photos and autographs with everybody. And then Ellen Eby and I are running the flag out on the field at nice. the start of the game. So you, get, you don't, so, don't trip and fall. Yeah, don't trip and fall. See if I'm still uh, athletic. <laughs> it's 56, right? Still do the run. But, uh, you know, it, it's fun. You know, also have, I'll bring down my whole family, all my, you know, children and their spouse. And I'll get to see, you know, Dad run out on the field and all the out and tr- out and trophy excitement. It'll it'll be a lot of fun. That's nice. Um, all right, we're gonna take yeah. a break. When we come back. Uh, there's been some rumbling about should Kalani Sataki get a contract extension. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. <laughs> There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. All right, welcome back to Rival Scott and Jason here talking about BYU's opportunity against Washington about, uh, I guess, an Outland Trophy apparently is the most important uh, trophy in all of college football, maybe all of football. Yeah, If you ask Jason Buck, Outland Trophy winner, if that's <laughs> And all-down linemen, right? If you ask anybody that gets in a stance, we're all going to tell you that's the most important trophy. Well, Actually, you guys all get friends in the NFL. All, we're offensive linemen, right? You all get in They're a stance. The Outland. You all get in a stance and bow down <laughs> to the quarterback. So, uh, all right. So Kalani Sataki has uh, has had an interesting uh, time as the coach at BYU. He's often referred to Lavelle Edwards in in his time and how he. Um, a lot of how he coaches, he really he really draws from his time as a player with Lave, with Lavelle, with his conversations with Lavelle, and how much it, yeah. it it was more about family and about people and about knowing them than it was you know win at all cost kind of, kind of mindset and yeah and so it 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 appears that Kalani's a kind of guy that goes I don't know that I want to go anywhere else. And so he, it seems like, does he seem like the guy to you that's, that's kind of the Lavelle type of guy? 
You know, you kind of looked at yeah. Bron- you looked at Bronco, and Bronco was there for ten years, and they said, "No, I've had enough. I'm moving on." Um, so go ahead and explain why. Yeah, and then and then I have a I have another question. Yes, you know, I think so. I mean, look, Kalani. I know Kalani quite well. He's got a big heart, right? He's not right on everything, but he's got a big heart, and I think he truly does love Lavelle, and he truly does want to hold on to that heritage and that past, and learn from him and and keep that old BOU family that we all wanted. So I am, and honestly, you go down there and the environment's really nice. I am very grateful for Tom Homo to finally bring back a BOU guy like like Sataki after Croton and Bronco gutted our program. And now we got a Sataki back. And that, so you know what? It's welcoming. It's warm. It's the right intention. I, you know, I, I, I'm very thankful for that. And Kalani, I think, is very sincere about that. You know, I don't, tot- I don't agree with everything he does, but his heart's in the right place. And, and I'm, you know, I'm thankful for the atmosphere and being welcome again down there and having everything. That part of it is absolutely right on. And so I can see him staying. You know, he'd, I, I see him being a lifer. He, he'd be happy there, you know, with his family and choosing has, a quality of life has and he staying done, there. Has he done enough? It, it, um, it is I mean, because let me just let me just throw something at you. A year ago, BYU had beaten Arizona, Power Five, Wisconsin, who was six at the time, Power Five, lost to Cal at home, so they were two and one, and they end up the season just. What are they? Seven and six, I think, was what they ultimately ended with the bowl game. Yeah, I think bowl game made them seven and six. So, so what if BYU? Because right now, I think folks feel like this is going to be a heck of a season for BYU. What happens if this team has the same kind of year? They go six and six. They go to a bowl game, which is out in Hawaii. They play some directional school and they win, and they're seven and six. Right. Is that enough? Which is which is possible. Very possible. Yeah, it's very possible. I mean, let's just say they lose this week. They're now two and two, and they ha- yeah. the next four games they have Boise State, Utah State, and Toledo, who are pretty decent. South Florida, I don't know, is is super decent. And the only other team on their schedule is San Diego um, State. San Diego so State, that's good. Let's it's say decent. let's say you lose to Boise State, you lose to Utah State, you lose to San Diego State. So now you're yeah. two and five. And you win the rest, you're seven and five. I yeah. guess. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Or or maybe you lose to Toledo and and you know so so. Or they're eight and four. I mean, eight yeah. and four is a nice season for them. So so my so the question cl- is, what happens up? if yeah. that happens? What happens if if it's another six and six season? What happens if if it's uh, yeah? What happens then? Yeah, you know, is that enough? I, I guess. I guess that's my question. Is it enough? My honest critique on Kalani is two years ago after the four-win season and I heard everything that was coming out of the locker room, the lack of discipline and the debacle the locker room was and discipline and everything, I was ticked and I was like, done, right? You're not, I mean, for lack of discipline issues and coaches coming late to practice and players late and all this kind of stuff, I was like, I'm like, I'm zero tolerance for it. But he's improved, and then last year was much better, and you're hearing much better things, and this year he's better. So he's moved in the right direction. Any other school in the United States, 6-6 six and six on year four with the expectations, 
you know, probably wouldn't get him a contract extension. BYU doesn't have a lot of options, right, out in the LDS coaching market for an active recommend holder to, you know, be the head coach. So that helps him. I think six and six, you know, six and six, seven and five, you know, in the regular season, I think gets him an extension from Tom Homo. Yeah, I, I, I think it, I I think it's a real predicament at, at BYU because I, I I like what I like I like the maturation of Kalani Sataki. I like I really do. I, think I agree, and I think he's the right culture for BYU. I think I think it's important. I think it's something that's valued there. I know a lot of people are like, look, we want to win, and and I think there's a yeah. lot of people that go, well, we want to have a good culture. And I don't know that those two things mutually agree, and and so there's um, a tightrope to walk there. There's a tightrope. I just, can, I just, I just think it. Are you still there, Jason? Yeah. Okay. I just think it's really hard. Like the whole, the whole. You have to be an active member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints to be the head coach at BYU, and and that is a very small pool. Like small it's, pool. It's not a pool. It's a puddle. Like yeah. after a rain, yeah. it's a pothole after a rainstorm kind of puddle, you know. <laughs> I agree, I agree. It, and then find the right LDS coach that's active, exactly that that understands the BYU system like Lavelle and how to build it, right? Yeah, and not have that turn into a disaster. I get a sense. Which is, I just get a sense. Kalani is the right guy. Kalani's the right guy for a long time. I really do. I really get that sense. A, yeah. Yeah, he's he's the best. He could improve in some areas, but I, I'll I'd be content with it because he's he's got the right culture. He's a good person. He has the right intent, and uh, you know they are as long as they're independent. Though this is where we're going to end up in this conversation, and it, and I just don't see BYU uh, you know, will, throw. BYU will, BYU will not stay independent. Uh, they can't. They can't. I mean, well, so, they so we go eight and four this year, Scott, or even nine and three. Let's say we win this week and we go nine and three. We have this awesome season, but we finished with Liberty, Idaho State, UMass, that kind of stuff. No conference championship, no conference play. What changes for us? Nothing. Exactly. The only the only way, the only way that it changes is undefeated or one loss. That's it. Other, yeah. other than that, it's it's to whatever bowl that the the it's you know, to whatever in the same conversation, yeah. and even one loss is a maybe maybe to get to a New Year's Six. Maybe. But if you go back to the formula and repeat our 1985 season, just do that, and you play Cotton Bowl champion in the kickoff classic national TV. Then we come back and play UCLA national TV. Then we come back and play Washington off the Orange Bowl. Where they're saying they should have been national champs instead of us, and we beat them thirty to three on CBS, and then we go win the WAC championship, right? So you have three Power Five games, you win them, or you go two and one out of them, and they're awesome games on national TV, and you win, you win out in a conference, and you're champions. You go to the Fiesta Bowl like Boise State did when they were like eleven and two, right? But I, I think I think Kalani's the right guy right now and, and they, they'll, they'll extend his contract They're, they don't have any other better options out there right now all right right it'll be interesting to see well congratulations for getting recognized yeah. uh this round of rivals is now over it's over 
And are you going to come down and get an autograph on me at the uh, Outland Trophy? I just might, you other know, than booth out there. Other than I get home at probably four in the morning, so I, I don't. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll see what I okay. do. Okay, all right. You're uh, my biggest fan. Of course, I am. That's my biggest fan. All right, uh, Rivals has arrived. Now it's time to go. We are powered by kslsports.com. You can find us on Facebook at The Rivals Podcast, Twitter at The Rivals Show, and uh, we'll see you soon.